welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. Our mission, to make government contracting better, one contract at a time. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. This episode is brought to you by GovBizConnect. GovBizConnect is a professional network for small businesses, large businesses, and government employees to find teaming partners and contracting opportunities. It's free to sign up and build a profile. The GovBizConnect team just launched version one and is actively looking for feedback from early adopters for V2. So check them out at GovBizConnect.com. Get ready because this week we have part two of Kevin's interview with Garth Arevalo, CEO of Lucos LLC. Listen in as Garth gives some great insight on the teaming process and also shares some of the growing pains that small businesses can go through. All right, let's get started. Small companies often have trouble figuring out the teaming process. And because Garth and Lucos have had a lot of success with it, I want to let him talk about some of his successes. So I want to ask, what, what do you feel has been the biggest contributor to that success for you? The biggest definitely is relationships. Uh, you know, getting your uh, company name out there, working through a variety of different things, industry groups, meeting with companies. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. It really is something that you need to develop. You need to meet with other companies, let them know about your capabilities, learn about their capabilities, and and really come together when there are opportunities. But the trust is built through time, uh, just like in just like in any other kind of business. So getting out there and, and working with folks, and you know, when we were a startup business, we didn't have a whole lot of capabilities. You know, it was just the it was just the founders' capabilities. You know, getting on teams at that point was pretty challenging. We had to really roll up our sleeves and do more than just bring our own capabilities. We had to do some hard work. But that allowed us to build some capabilities and then also build relationships because our teammates saw that we were really working hard to help the team win, and that turned into work. So, And then we also became a valuable team member for other subsequent contracts or for other proposals because they saw that Lucos was really willing to help the prime win or help them perform, and a variety of things. So then from that, we even have now relationships with companies that we're either priming or we're teaming with uh, that are built from previous proposals. They saw what Lucos could do. They saw how we helped our, our prime win. And then when they were going after an opportunity, they oftentimes called us and said, we know, you know, we know what you can do. We, we saw that you, how you helped the team win. And, the, and that relationship that we built uh, sometimes it pays off years later. It's it's not a it's not a fast process. Something you need to really build. And one thing that's kind of unique, I think, in the government contracting is how oftentimes we may be at one point competing with a company, and then the next time we're collaborating with them. Marketing to your competitors oftentimes becomes a pretty useful technique. So I know who a lot of my competitors are, and a lot of times we're talking on a regular basis. We're talking about future opportunities. Maybe we're sharing notes. And then who knows, maybe sometimes I want to prime or you know pursue an opportunity as a prime contractor. And then maybe I'll call them and ask them to help me out because I know they may have complementary capabilities. And, and then other times, maybe we both uh, go ahead and, and prime against each other or bid against each other along with anyone else. So those relationships that you're, that you're building and you know the kind of, we, uh, as Greg, a friend of ours, it says, a frenemy, you know, and sometimes... <laughs> They're a, they're a useful uh, ally, and sometimes you're just going to go head-to-head on, on a competition with them. 
But, uh, you know, probably more often than not, it's worth it to get to know them and build that relationship because realize you're not always going to be competing with that company. And no one company has all the answers. So working to develop that, uh, the relationships across the spectrum, both with companies that do things completely different than you you do, as well as companies that are very similar to you. You um, And also it can help maybe when you are competing against them, knowing what they're capable of. That's a really good point. And that co-opetition idea, that's not something I saw as a contracting officer. Uh, to understand that, that one day a company is competing and the next day they're teaming and how that relationship is unique, to be able to manage that well, which is something that Lucas has done based on, on just seeing how their brand is working, just listen to how they, how they interact with other companies. It's really sound advice. So the small businesses that are dealing with these challenges, trying to figure out, is this my mortal enemy? Well, it's, there aren't really many mortal enemies in this business because, like you said, tomorrow you're, you could be competing or tomorrow you could be teaming because they have just the right skill for what you need to win. Let me, uh, let me add one little comment there that I think. So um, it, it is important to, to market your capabilities to companies of all sizes. If you're small, you want to you wanna be able to talk to larges. But one thing I found about as a small business trying to approach large businesses is, uh, yes, large businesses need to uh, need small businesses to make, meet small business goals and things like that. But what probably is the most effective way to approach a large business, especially if you're a startup or a smaller business, is to really come to a large business with an opportunity. You know, I'm a, I am a small business I'm uh, interested in pursuing this contract maybe as a sub or as a, as a, as a prime, and I'm looking for that company to, uh, to work with. What usually doesn't work with large businesses is just coming in for a teaming discussion and saying, I'd like to be your teammate. You, it really, that, that <laughs> I'm a small business. Hire me. Yes, exactly. That, that really doesn't work. The, the large businesses um, are much more receptive when you are going forward and saying, hey, uh, large business, I have this opportunity uh, and I'm interested in it. I, I know X, Y, and Z about it, and I can bring you this capability, this knowledge, this insight uh, into that, which will help you be competitive. And most of the time, that would be when the large business would be priming and you're trying to get on their team for a particular contract. But um, going in sort of empty-handed to teaming discussions, especially with large businesses, because large businesses will get pitches from smalls all the time. When you go in there and say, I want to work with you because I have this capability that will help you on this contract, that is gold. And it's something that we didn't learn in our first couple of years, or we, maybe we knew that, but we didn't do a very good job of. So it takes some work ahead of time to, to do some research on that company. Say, I know, you know, I think, you know, ABC Mega Corporation is going to pursue this opportunity. I have a capability in that area. So I'm going to ask them for a teaming meeting. And then when I go in there, I'm going to market to mega corporation, my capabilities, X, Y, and Z, that will help them on that opportunity. And so if you don't have an ongoing relationship with a, with a large business that you'd like to target, that's pretty valuable. And uh, they're going to be a lot more interested. And that when you're trying to help them win, that's really what, that's what, those are the teammates they want. They want to find teammates that are going to help them win their contracts. And, it, you know, they're not just going to give out handouts. There's, there's way too many small businesses. I know that they have small business goals to meet, but there's way too many small businesses. And you want to be able to uh, be more specific about how you can help them. Well said. And you want to be relevant. <laughs> you want to make sure what, what you have is relevant to what they need. Absolutely. Awesome. So here's a fun question. If, if you could go back and talk to the younger version of yourself, 
you know, when you first started Lucos, what, what would you tell yourself? I mean, back on, back on day one, what was the big lesson that you've learned in, in these last seven years? There's a lot, a lot, a lot of lessons, but um, probably the simpler one, and this is something I think every business is, no matter what your size is, but uh, being reactive to RFPs, to opportunities, we're always trying to be more proactive. And it takes a lot of work to be prepared for proposals, for opportunities. You, you really need to get ahead of things. So if you're just waiting around for notices to come out on FBO, you're probably too late. I mean, that's it's a pretty old axiom in the business development world that if you wait around till the RFP is released, you're probably going to lose. So it's a gathering of business intelligence. There's, there's resources for that. There's several services that will sell you a database of information um, about trying to get ahead on that. But it takes an integrated approach, and you really need to build a pipeline. You need to focus on key customers. You need to focus on key opportunities, and you need to do that well in advance. So whether it be using Skyway um, as, a, as an advisor to help you build that pipeline uh, we've done some of that as well as have some of our own tools, but you need to have an integrated approach to be able to get ahead of opportunities. When you when we first started, it was just, oh, an RFP uh, was released. We want to submit a proposal. Those are never as good as the ones that we were preparing. You know, really the ideal situation is you're prepared a couple a couple years in advance on, on major acquisitions. You, you need to be uh, looking at looking for key members of your staff that you might want to hire whether it be program managers or subject matter experts that can help you respond to it. You've maybe met with a customer to talk to them about their needs. You've been to industry events. You've been to industry days. All of those things are involved to be really prepared for an acquisition. And when we first started, we were just reactive. Everything was reactive. And still, we, we sometimes run into that. It still happens as a small business. But we're always working to, to be more prepared and, and do a better job. It's a. Um, it's really critical if you don't have this inside your inside your organization, inside your company, to try to get some help. Um, and hiring a business developer isn't necessarily the, the simple answer for a, for a small business. Um, maybe you want to use consultants. Um, you know, and again, you need to have tools. That's why uh, the business intelligence services out there are making money because the big guys are spending the money. We waited a long time before we invested in one of those, and we probably should have done it earlier. We thought we would just hear about opportunities through the network. There's a lot of opportunities you just don't hear about um, and and can quickly go by without you ever knowing about it, or it goes by and you hear about it too late. So having good advisors you know, to, to walk you through that process and help you build that pipeline and build your business development process is really important. Amen. <laughs> and, and honestly, this is, the, this is a foot stomper for me because being proactive is such a hard lesson to learn. It continues to be hard for everybody. And, and it's, it's encouraging to hear that it's a challenge for everybody. But being aware of that is such a phenomenal lesson. I appreciate that. That's a really good one. Something that we, we foot stomp a lot. And it's a good rule for business, but I think it's a particularly good rule in government contracting. Well, Lucos has, has done well. You've been doing a lot of interesting things. What do you see as the biggest opportunity for you today? We are in a, in a phase where uh, earlier in our business, we were primarily subcontracting as a, ser- as a small services business. That was really our best uh, opportunity to get into the market to support larger businesses and help them pr- uh, with their proposals, help them uh, identify opportunities, 
and and win work. We're now in the phase where we're taking on much more uh, prime contracting, and that's a really big change for us. We want to be able to uh, be the masters of our own fate, uh, and that's really the case on, on the prime contracting. It, maturing our processes, our systems, things like that. That whole process of what happens is uh, I, is is pretty uh, pretty interesting to me, and also I think uh, maybe in something that contracting officers don't completely understand. You you do build a lot of experience as a subcontractor to uh, to get you ready for a prime contractor. So for companies new to the federal space, subcontracting is always my recommended uh, path. You learn how let's say contracts transition what contracting officers are looking for. Yeah, you may not be the front face of the um, of the team to the government, but you get a real opportunity to learn some of the things, try out some systems, um, and make sure you know what works, build up HR processes that are maybe unique to the federal government. And then when you're ready for prime contracting, uh, yeah, it takes a lot more time. You have to have the uh, bid and proposal process. You need to have um, all the resources and the smart people to be able to put in uh, credible proposals and so we've been doing that. We have all the business systems, and um, and it's really gonna. I think it's really gonna change the face of Lucos. We have um, our program management processes and how how we interact with customers. How do we keep track of the requirements on contracts? That's not something you just kind of do right away. <laughs> yeah, um, you I mean, you've got to figure that out. And and the government's uh, you know expectations are, are oftentimes. You know, they're, they're pretty demanding, which is they, they should be. They're paying good money for your work. All that is a process. So it's a real opportunity for us to grow. And, and we already have some prime contracts and uh, and we're, we're soon to be getting some more. So that's a big, uh, big opportunity for us. OK, so th- there's your big opportunity. What do you see as your biggest hurdle as you go from being a subcontractor to a prime contractor? As you're becoming a mature small business. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I, you know, there is a lot of things that, you know, like I said, the systems that we need to to implement, and we're doing that right now. For example, we're moving from QuickBooks to a much more robust financial system. The system we're choosing is Uninet, and uh, that's a it's a big task for us. Some businesses, uh, some of our peers, have gone to you know hundreds of employees still using QuickBooks. Uh, we had our uh, accounting system approved by DCAA using QuickBooks. Uh, we had that a couple years ago, and now we're trying to go to an even more uh, robust system that will help us be compliant and also just give us some of the information we need, uh, whether it be even more insight to uh, forecast for bidding purposes, uh, making it easier to report and allocate costs. Uh, but the DCAA requirements are uh, there's a lot of them, and we really need to. Uh, we, you know, we've had them come. In fact, we they were they were here the week before last. And there's a lot of good, you know, a lot of questions they're going to ask you, and you need to make sure your systems are well established. The computer systems can help. You, it's still about how you implement those systems, but we're really, I think we're really maturing now. But it's taking a significant amount of work, and implementing one of these systems in the middle of contract performance is challenging. It's a, it can be a real distraction. We have, uh, we have, we're putting a lot, a lot of hours throughout the the company to try to implement this, train our people, learn how to use that. We have had to devote a lot of manpower and a lot of resources to implement these systems. I know that it's going to be really good for the long term. It's going to make our business and financial systems just, you know, be able to be a lot smoother going forward. But it's not easy. Hmm. And then you have to get over the hump. There's a big hump. <laughs> You're getting through the hump. Yeah. So it's a really, really good perspective. So one of the things that we did want to make sure we talk about is that I want to thank Garth. He's been, he was one of the Skyway Connection community early members. 
He's one of the, the very early members when we first came up with this idea, and he's been a big supporter of Skyway. And I wanted to let him kind of tell a little background on you know, why the community membership made sense for him and how he, as a, you've heard his story, you know what kind of business he is, how, how he uses the resources that are in the community to help him succeed. So even though I'm, I have years of contracting experience with the government, I've been on that side of the table, the community is, is really a great resource for me. Even though I have years of uh, you know, formal training as well as uh, experience doing it, you always need to keep fresh. You need to keep your information that you have available. And if you're not a trained contracting officer, it's probably even more important. But even for someone like me, I need a resource. I need to have someplace I can go to ask questions. I continuously ask contracting questions, even to my peers, uh, to my fellow businesses, things like that. So having a, a community and a, and a resource to be able to get ideas, to find out what people are doing, uh, to interpret some of the rules as they're changing, that, that's a, it's a real gold mine for, for getting some of those questions answered. Because sometimes it might take you weeks. And the, I guess the one thing in general about being a small business is there's a lot of science projects. And you're always trying to figure, you're, you know, each, each week or each month is, you know, brings a new science project. And you can spend a lot of time trying to solve those science projects, but chances are someone else has already solved that, that problem. And so having, having a, a place where you can go to say, you know, I have this problem, pretty much sure that someone else has already had that problem. And we're, you know, I just need the right place to find the answers to some of my problems so that I don't have to reinvent, you know, this whole, this whole experiment. Very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're able to use – that's why we built the community was for that kind of stuff. So as we wrap up here, let me, let me ask you, is there – what one thing are you excited about? What, what has you most excited about your business and maybe about the government contracting industry in general? You know, it's been a challenge because some of the government dollars are, are shrinking, but the opportunities for small business I see is going up. Um, more and more large contracts are being set aside for small business. If anything, it's harder to be a large business right now. Because we're seeing major, uh, major opportunities switch from what were large business uh, contracts to being small business set-asides. So the opportunities for small businesses to grow in the federal marketplace is, I think, really strong right now. And as a small business, we're a service-disabled veteran-owned small business and an 8A small business. And we are uh, getting a more and more chance to prime. So like I said, our, our big hurdle now is, is moving that – or our big opportunity and hurdle is that transitioning from a subcontractor to prime contractor – and part of that is because we see the contracts coming down that are uh, we're going to have an opportunity for that the experience that we have built over the last uh, many years as a you know in previous work and developing our capabilities that's really going to pay off as we go towards a more prime contracts and with more of those set aside we we we're really excited about that getting a chance to be a prime and be a direct customer to, to more agencies. So that's a that's a good segue to the idea of. The fear of drowning in opportunity, does that ever bother you? I mean, you've, like you said, there are lots of small business opportunities for you. How do you guys target to make sure that they're the right fit for Lucas? That's probably the hardest thing we do. Um, I, we, you know, I mentioned all this financials and other things like that because uh, proposals could take – they might take month, a month or two months of our time, and it may be our entire bandwidth uh, to respond to some of these proposals we may not be able to do any other kind of business development work when we have a major proposal. So those decisions are critical in how we bid and not bid. Um, it, it really comes down to a, a disciplined process. You can't just kind of, you know, making decisions on the fly. We've tried that a couple of times. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> you need to have, you need to have good advice. Sometimes you need to have a, and maybe even an outside view like a Skyway or someone like that to help you vet an opportunity. 
and say, you know, this is within my capability. Um, there are way too many opportunities and you cannot, uh, even large businesses can't pursue everything. So you have to be able to put a plan together, like we said, be proactive, get out there and focus on particular opportunities, particular agencies that are the best fit for you. And then from there you grow into uh, related fields, but you can't go after everything. And, um, and, and you really have to take some time. It takes a lot of planning effort uh, to be ahead of things. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. This has been awesome information for, for, from so many different angles, from the former government contracting officer perspective, from the small business perspective, from business development proposals, all the stuff you've touched. So how do people reach out to you? How do they get in contact with you? Yeah, um, I welcome uh, new connections with folks that are in the community. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. My, uh, I'm on there, Garth Arevalo. Also, uh, feel free to, if you're interested in uh, teaming or learning a little bit about what it take, takes to be a small business, you can email me. My email is pretty easy. It's garth at lucos.com. We, we were given a lot of great advice as, as a startup small business, and we continue to get great advice from our peers, companies, or from larger companies that have been very generous for their time. So we try to pay it forward. I mean, we can't do it everywhere. We're not we, you know, if you need uh, long-term uh, advice, Skyway or someone like that is probably your best bet. But I'm more than happy to help out other small businesses and give them some suggestions, point them in the right direction for some of the maybe the science projects that we already solved. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we we do, and, and we've, we've been able to f- build a good network of, of other companies that we can get advice from, as well as professionals like Skyway, um, when we have a more ongoing and, and, and just in general to get a different perspective. I welcome uh, folks to reach out to us. As a small business, uh, an 8A, as, and a service-disabled vet small business, we, um, you know, we're always looking for good teammates. So if folks are looking for that, we welcome you guys to reach out and tell us a little bit about you, and we can tell you a little bit more about Lucos as well. Awesome. And, and by the way, Lucos is L-U-K-O-S, just FYI. So it's Garth at Lucos.com. All right, so we'll wrap up today. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen. And just as always, thanks for joining us. And, and the best way to spread the word about how this information that we're giving away for free can be found is for you to tell a friend. So if you're on your commute today, if you're, if you're driving in the car, don't text while you're driving, but make a voice memo to yourself that next time that you're not driving, send a text to somebody and say, check out the Contracting Officer podcast. It's on iTunes, it's, it's on SoundCloud, or just go to our website. If there's, a, if there's something that, that uh, Garth and I glossed over that you'd like more information on, if there was whatever topic you're looking for more information on, send an email to Paul, paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. And as always, if you need help with the government market, check out the Skyway Connection community. It's skywayacquisition.com slash connect. And also, as you heard, Garth has, is a great example of doesn't matter how much experience you have, there's always something more to learn. That's what the community is built for, is to help people understand more about this market. If you want to get some specifics, you can call Joe at 877-884-5280, extension 110, and he'll get you a free uh, membership for two weeks so you can check it out. In the meantime, have a great week, and we'll see you on the next Contracting Officer podcast. Have a great day. Thanks, Garth. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.